There are all these dimensions, worlds, alternate realities, and they're all right on top of each other. It forks off into a new possibility. We wanted choices, chances, the movements would allow us to travel to a dimension permanently, stay there. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another NY Patriot episode. Uh, this is a special uh, episode for me, really. Um, you know, and I've had, a, I've had a couple of guests on that were previous fans. And, uh, you know, I've had actually some really great shows with, with fans from the show that just came on to talk shit. Um, and Sam was one of them. He hit me up and he told me that he had started a show and he wanted me and Lux to come on. Uh, Unfortunately, because of working on the Scarlet Horse series and other stuff we had uh, previous engagements, we couldn't come on the show. But I was like, yo, fuck it. Come on mine at least because it's a lot easier to, you know, for me to be around than both of us. So yeah. uh, so here is Sam and uh, let everybody know where they can find your stuff and a little bit of info about your background or whatever or why you're doing your show. For sure. Yeah, what's up, New York Patriot? Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I heard you and Lux on uh, the Higher Side Chats, and I thought uh, you guys had a really unique voice, and you had a really cool background that I hadn't heard in this community too much. You know, two guys coming out of these organizations that so many people in our community are are always talking about and speculating about, and you guys can actually talk about what it's like on the inside. So I thought that was really interesting. Thank you. Um, But yeah, no problem. Yeah, as far as uh, as my sh- as far as my show, you know, I had a podcast before, but it was more focused oh, okay. on like uh, Catholicism, basically, because I'm a Catholic, and I wanted to do a show that was more broad, and I could just talk about really anything, because I've got a huge number of a huge range of interests, including conspiracies and occult stuff. I mean, I've been studying this stuff since I was 13. Uh, I'm 37 now, so. Sure. But yeah, my so you my got a lot of talk about. You got a, you have a lot to talk about though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can I can riff on pretty much anything, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my background, I grew up in Florida, about uh, 20, 20 minutes from Disney World, you know, uh, the house of the mouse. And um, I was raised in sort of the storefront Pentecostal, speaking in tongues, uh, running around the room kind of uh, Christianity. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I grew up in that, and it wasn't really my thing. So I, I went off on my own path, and I, I started studying the church and the history of the church. And I ended up becoming a Catholic. You know, I like the riches of the tradition. And, and really what attracted me to it was the syncretic aspect of Catholicism, where they were taking all these different parts of the the different cultures that they encountered and, and absorbing it into the, this uh, one tradition. So that you have so much variety within Catholicism. Oh, that yeah. I felt like I could really find roots there. It wasn't so myopic. Like, American Christianity can be very myopic and doesn't let a lot of uh, the other influences in and thinks that they're demonic or something. And I, I just never jived with that. Well, I think so. even if you, look uh, up the getting... word, if you look up the word Catholicism, isn't it kind of like almost like a broad umbrella for other 
like idea like it it is very open i think yeah the yeah the word just actually means universal so yeah or something Catholic like that universal yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. No, yeah, so it's meant to, to, yeah, I mean, it's meant to encompass, it. oh, no, you're good, you're good. Yeah, it's meant to encompass, you know, all of humanity. That's what the word's meant to to, to say, so, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I got ended up getting a master's degree in, uh, I got a bachelor's in history, then a master's degree in theology, yeah. so I'm, I'm pretty well versed in, in the academic study of Christianity, but, I'm, you know, even even in spite of that, I, I, re- I recognize that a lot of what they teach in the academic world is uh, skewed and biased. And that there's other takes on those topics that you can you can research, and you know I'm open to questioning all historical events and even church history. You know I've looked at the Tartaria stuff and and oh, the okay. Flamenco timeline shifting, and I think that's really interesting too. So I'm very open ended about that. Kind of, I, don't, I try not to be dogmatic about things and just you know recognize that I have a you know I, I believe I have a relationship with God and and uh, I do my thing, but I try not to be too rigid about you know, how to define history and doctrine and, you know, I let yeah, people have yeah. their own way of thinking about those things. That's a good, that's a good thing though. I mean, I mean, I even think like when it comes to like certain stuff, when it comes to like conspiracy theories or even like, you know, I'm trying to understand stuff like, like you mentioned, like you still have a relationship with God, you know, that's not going to change if you have For to sure, admit, yeah. if you have to admit something to yourself that you don't want to admit, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not going to change. It's probably yeah. not going to change that really. And if anything, you might actually find yourself right. having a better connection with God after that. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, especially when you face the, when you start looking into conspiracy theories, like I remember when I was about, you know, in my early 20s, I, I started to really encounter some of the uh, child sex trafficking stuff that has gotten really, really prominent and popular in the last couple of years with QAnon. Yeah. But before that, it was like... Um, What's that guy's name who used to be on Alex Jones? It was like how to create a, a mind control slave assassin. Anyway, I encountered his stuff, and that stuff was so dark that you really had to like face down the the darkness that could exist within humanity and the evil that could take place. And oh, also, yeah. just studying the different genocides in the 20th century. And when you look at that dark stuff, you can either go down a path of nihilism and just hopelessness and despair. Or you can really find the the foundation of your relationship with the Almighty, with God, with the Source, you know, mm-hmm. whatever word you want to use for it. So I, I went down that path, and now I, I feel like no matter, I feel like the worst thing in the world could happen to me, and I would still have that foundation of the relationship with God there at the core of who I am, you know. That's well said. Exactly. I mean, even even stuff in, uh, even like stuff in occultism or magic. I mean. I don't even know how to word this right. I mean, there's a lot of things. I think. I think the way it's expressed or uh, shown or talked about, uh, you know, is still an occult. You know, in a in a parable, uh, you can have like negative things, or they may seem negative, um, in magic or in occultism. But sometimes they really aren't, or it's it's more of like. Like what you're saying, you can look into that and pull out something positive still. You know, out of that situation, you can still find something, I, I think, to strengthen your your uh, your relationship with God, really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, yeah, sometimes even just looking at the dark part of yourself, you know, the fucked up part of right. yourself, if, you're gonna, if you can admit those parts of you, uh, it may be shitty. It might be like, "Fuck, am I really admitting this about myself?" But there is a, I think, a freeing in that as well, and uh, and you will have, 
you will strengthen your relationship with whatever your higher power is. I think so. Yeah, man. I mean, this, this world is very, I mean, you know, in Christian context, we say it's a fallen place, but there's a lot of darkness mixed in with this world. And maybe from a more like hermetic perspective, you have the, the black and the white, the yin and the yang, the checkerboard uh-huh. floor, you know, it's good and bad mixed up in this place. But uh, there's, there's so much darkness here that when you enter into this world, I believe everybody suffers a kind of trauma, a kind of breaking. And yeah, it, I believe you know, that. It, it's a, uh, yeah, yeah. I think everybody does really. It's just the nature of life on earth uh, right now, the, the, the state of things. And it's so almost you really like, I think your that, psyche that gets shadow fractured. work. Yeah. What say again? It's almost like your psyche is just, you know, fractured at birth, like at yeah. birth nowadays. It's, it's almost, yeah. And then what you're saying, shadow Absolutely. work is very important. I think. Yeah, like you were saying, facing down the dark parts of yourself, that's that, uh, that Carl Jung talked about doing shadow work and just, it, there there are parts of ourselves, even if we don't know it, that are, that are hiding, they're hidden, or we're hiding them because we don't want to face it. And you really have to. You have to face those things down and, and reintegrate them, bring them into the light, which is the light of God, ultimately, what yeah. I think. Uh, so, and that's, <laughs> that's hard, you know, that's, that's a hard work. Yeah, that's like some real shit, you know, because you're actually thinking about and looking at yourself and you, you mentioned Carl mm-hmm. Jung. It's uh, it's funny how, you know, cause the OTO actually uh, recognizes him as a, a saint for the Gnostic mass. Okay. Well, it's not all right. If I wow. want to be technical, it's the EGC, the Gnostic Catholic church. They do the Gnostic mass. It's under them, but it's in the OTO temple, you know, and the Gnostic church okay. does recognize, uh, uh, yeah. Carl Jung as a, as a, yeah, a saint. The holy man. Yeah. I could definitely see that, you know. Uh, I think Gnosticism is really fascinating. It has a lot of, when you really research it, it has a lot to offer in terms of uh, insights into some of the, the deeper truths of the world. I really believe that. Yeah. But there, there isn't like a one, there isn't like one Gnosticism, you know. It's like such a, a multifaceted thing. See, uh, you know, a lot, I think people here, if they haven't researched Gnosticism, they think it's like a separate sect of Christianity, but you know, it's a, it's a much more complicated topic, but, um, you yeah, know, it's funny. I don't, was, I don't, it seems like some kind of wizard, you know, <laughs> I, you know, uh, yeah, I've wondered that myself, like, especially like once I started really getting heavily into like, I guess having magical, you know, experiences or effects or whatever, or understanding occultism better, it really was uh, more after I started doing like, you know, serious shadow work, like he talks about and actually like, you know, almost trying to reprogram your fucking brain really you know it's pretty mm-hmm. fucking weird and uh that shit's fucking deep yeah i remember the first time i tried to i started hearing about shadow work and i decided i was going to try to do it so i just like quieted my mind down i was by myself just chilling out in my bed and i said all right i want to talk to my shadow i want to hear what it has to say and you know what i heard i heard it like, like what sounded to me like a demonic voice saying the word carne like carne like the spanish word for meat so I said, what do you want? And it said, meat. Oh, wow. And that that fucking scared me, bro. Yo, that would have <laughs> fucked me all up. I was... <laughs> no, man, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, nah, like, didn't say that, That's what's right? inside of me, you know? Fuck. I was like, yeah, worm, <laughs> yeah. worm in your stomach. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't, I didn't ask my shadow anything for a couple of years after that, but uh, <laughs> I came to note, you know... <laughs> I came to know it a little better after a while. It wasn't as scary. It, you know, it tends to be a lot of bark and, and not a lot of bite, at least for me. Um, uh, but, yeah, that was pretty scary, man. You know, I've had a lot of people. I've had a, well, not a lot of people, but I've had a few fans uh, talk to me 
you know, because I, I, I try to talk to as many people as I can, that have considered me to be a, or asked me if I was a Gnostic. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, even though, you know, it was the Gnostic Catholic Church in the OTO, I mean, I have kind of an idea of what Gnosticism is, but, I mean, I've never really actually specifically studied that. I mean, and I probably mm-hmm. couldn't really give any, I mean, like, I have an idea, but I probably couldn't even give anybody, like, a, a really good answer about what the fuck Gnosticism is. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm assuming people, I mean, ha, ha, question if I if I am because of, like, I guess maybe all because of the different, like, types of beliefs that you're trying to put together a picture or something. Is, is that what it kind of comes down to? It's like, it's almost taking, like, a like occultism from a few different places and, like, painting a broader picture with it, I think. Yeah, I mean, as far as I understand Gnosticism, and, you know, I've, uh, you learn a lot about it when you study the very early church, because that's when the Gnostics were really giving them problems, like the church fathers uh, of the Catholic Church. So they wrote a lot about fighting the Gnostics. And uh, what it comes down to, I think, uh, an idea that the, the God that is communicated or depicted in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures is actually like the bad guy, right? And he is either evil or crazy or stupid, this God. <laughs> he created this. Yeah, it's, it depends on which group you yeah. talk to, right? And this world that we're living in is his creation. It's the realm of the mad God, right? And maybe you've heard that expression. Yeah. And uh, that he is either unwilling <laughs> to admit that there are gods higher than him or he doesn't know for some reason. And uh, the 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 goal of a Gnostic person or Gnosticism is to uh, using different, all different types of spiritual practices, occultism, uh, some ecstatic dancing, all different kinds of stuff uh-huh. to break out of the uh, the prison that is this world and, and break back into what they call the Pleroma, which is like a, a higher realm beyond the, the realm of the Mad God where you can like rejoin source where, you know, there isn't this, uh, this uh, dichotomy between good and evil, you know, the black and the white checkerboard yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, no. So wow. that's that's kind of the basic overview of Gnosticism. It can go a lot deeper than that, obviously, and there's all kinds of different groups and takes on it, but that's how I would explain yeah, it. That's interesting because, I mean, I would even say that kind of explains us like, a, I mean, those ideas aren't too far off for a lot of uh, magicians or occultists. No, no. No, like even people I, I who wouldn't, I wouldn't even consider themselves a Gnostic. Uh, you know, you if you look at it, it just a different, you know, they all, all things have a different way of like telling the same story sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like other religions mm-hmm. as well. That still goes on in occultism with pagan stories or, you know, other different paths. I mean, they tell like almost the same stories, they're just using different names or just a different expression, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, there's, um, you know, the, our, our language, it only goes so far to express like the, the the things that we feel in our soul. Yeah. Our words are very limited, you know? But human beings have this sort of shared experience and we're all trying to express kind of the same thing, but we all have our own limitations, cultural and, and linguistic limitations. But it, it's like we're all trying to get this this uh, this yearning or this pain, discomfort we have inside and express it in a, in a way and, and try to tell this story about what's happening to us here in this realm. And so that's why we're all telling kind of the same story, but... We're all coming at it from a different angle. You know, the whole Joseph Campbell thing, the hero with a thousand faces. So, you know, that's why you see all these different similarities. But, I mean, it's it's just a, a shitty wild ride that's beautiful and, and horrible at the same time, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that's that's that reminds me of like the tree of life. I mean, you know, depending on which way you're looking at it, you know, it can either be like a beautiful story or it can be a real fucking shitty one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh, definitely you know, know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you have to. I don't. Yeah, that's like a thing that we even kind of cover with the Scarlet Horror. Like, I, you know, when people first off, a lot of people I don't even think like to even understand what the fuck the tree of life is, even you know, hearing it from us, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. There is. It shows you, you know, the, the paths or whatever, kind of. I mean, I would assume most people would realize that you're going up and down, and that could mean like you know, two to four different fucking actually stories being told in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but and, so and then people you- always look at it just in the negative view. I, I feel like, and in doing that, I think um, when you remove like half of it or half of the picture, you're not going to understand the full the full idea. You right, know, and that's just another yeah, part of that's just another part of mind fucking people from like maybe learning anything that might be true, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep sort of uh, trying to ignore the the dark side, the tree of life. Is that what you're saying? Well, either that or just like well, like see, like me, yeah, like me and Lux, we were doing the Scarlet Horror series, and like that. Believe it or not, in this series, uh, it's very uh, there's not much talk about sex at all. It's really not sexual. Mm-hmm. The whole series, um, because it's it is an idea that's covered in uh, that way, so people think it's something completely different. Uh, you know, you'll get religious mm-hmm. fanaticals that would be like, "Oh God, that's just a you know horrible thing, sexual, bad." You know, just automatically considers it horrible, evil, satanic. Um, you can get people who are like you know into even just magic or magicians or cultists that will think it's sex and they'll run with the idea of sex because they like sex, you know. Or maybe they haven't, you know. That's the mm-hmm. thing. If you don't do shadow work, uh, it's very easy to start going backwards in magic. To be totally honest with you, you will start like kind of like giving yourself yeah. more labels. Your ego will kick in. You'll start, you know, going uh, overboard in other areas when you think you're working on yourself in different areas. Like you'll you'll catch yourself compensating it somewhere else if you're doing shadow work. If you don't, you could easily leave one thing, one bad habit, and pick up another one even worse. And uh, you'll see that happen a lot with sex, especially in uh, secret societies sometimes. And uh, I, yeah. think, I think the idea of the Scarlet Whore is to keep that type of image going, some sort of sexual idea and magic, especially in the OTO, because, you know, it's a, it's a bigger... I would say with the OTO and probably like the Golden Dawn and maybe one or two other orders, the Scarlet Whore probably is, uh, is I guess, um, looked at as a more powerful, but the members probably have no idea because of the way that they look at that image or that idea. If you understand, like, they think it's sex, but it's really just telling an occult story of, like, the whole sure the whole thing about how magic happens, how all, you know, uh, the whole idea of uh, Saturn and the cube. I mean, that even comes from the Scarlet Horror. Uh, the Black Sun. Oh, really? Yeah, the Black Sun. Like, yeah, if you start placing that character where she belongs on the Tree of Life, where Saturn is, she's just a... Uh, the female expression of Saturn, where that's a sphere, and then the cube is the man. That's where the cube of Saturn comes in, because that's the male expression of it. Most people probably have no idea what I'm talking about right now, because nobody fucking talks (laughs) about it. But, I mean, we're going to have a (laughs) four-part series that's going to show that, but it is really... 
it is it is almost like a, a love story of of electricity almost to sound crazy mm. but it it shows you the whole way that we came into existence by uh, negative and uh, positive energies intertwining you know mm. and in order mm. to have any magical effects you have to untwine that you have to separate yourself from that that tie and become separate you know you have to kind of um depending on what your idea of magic is i mean my idea of it is basically like removing your soul from your body to an extent or clicking out of time and space yeah i heard um i think i heard you say that on a show it's probably the higher side chats where you thought that the end game for a lot of these magical organizations that you were a part of was separating the soul from the body and and it seemed like when you said that you meant it in a kind of a malicious way like uh they were trying to lead you down a path to the point where ultimately you would willingly sever your soul from your body. Is that correct? Uh, I might have been saying something to that extent. I do think it's possible that uh, in these orders, if you don't truly understand what's going on with magic, I think you can be used. And I'm sure something like that could possibly happen down the road high enough, you know, with the Mm -hmm. wrong people, Mm -hmm. for sure. That is, I mean, I even think to an extent, I mean, that's kind of like... An end game for just uh, more than secret societies. I think a lot mm-hmm. of the shit going on with the jab and all just weird things going on recently. I think, you know, in an occult sense, I see it as like almost trying to uh, suck people. Like if if magic really is separating your soul from your body, if, they, if that really is what, you know, crossing the abyss is. If you can click out mm-hmm. of time and space and leave your body just for, it, it could be seconds and it could seem like a lifetime out there you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. uh if you can pull that off who's to say that there isn't a way to cause that to happen and just you don't come back and you die or at least your body does Mm -hmm. you know so i've I've questioned like you know when you start getting into frequencies and sound and then people sticking all sorts of shit in them you have no idea i mean technically we could probably get cooked like a microwave if we had the right stuff jabbed into us you know a microwave is just gonna you know go ahead so uh, it sounds no. You're, uh, it sounds like I, I'm listening to you talk about the the cube and the scarlet horror and the sphere and how it's electricity. So how I mean, how closely related is our I guess mainstream materialistic understanding of electricity and the energies that you're working within these magical orders, from your understanding? Uh. Well, first off, I think if you, most people, if I was to probably go back to the lodge that I was going to and I wanted to start trying to explain electric uh, with the you know, magic or in the tree of life or, you know, start trying to point that stuff out, I think probably 90% of the people would think I was fucking nuts, you know, or they, or they would just entertain me and be like, <laughs> maybe the, the few that might actually have somewhat of an idea then would probably be like, oh, maybe we should talk about this somewhere else. You know, but... Um, <laughs> well, what are you supposed to talk about it if you can't talk yeah, about it? Yeah, well, that's, well, that's the, the whole contract. thing, because if it's, if it's true, they don't, want the, they don't want you telling everybody, because they still need yeah. slaves, yeah. you know? Not everybody can know about magic. You know, it's fucking... That's in their mind, uh-huh. you know? But uh, I think right. it's very... I, I And Lux, I think, will even admit and agree with me. I think a lot of magic really is, um, believe it or not, comes down to EMF. Okay. Like, that's kind of almost like what you're 
the medium that you're using or what you're kind of creating when you're doing it. You know, mm-hmm. like like if I like if you wanted to like psychically attack somebody, you could easily use EMF. That's interesting. So, it, if you were to put it in that context to a lot of people and really but get the them thing to is, the thing that, is, you'll be creating that yourself off of your own mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's like kind of almost how yeah. that's kind of almost how it will like replicate itself. It, that's the easiest thing that I the easiest. The easiest way to explain it, and from me and like other people that I've that are into stuff like this, have even uh, come down to like almost an agreement where it would, it, EMF really is almost like the best way to try to explain like how it is like a it's like a conduit for magic, really, mm-hmm. you know, or really mm-hmm. could be magic in itself, or just you know occult principles, but that's being used. You know, you can use that to uh, attack people's mindsets, and uh, you know. You could fuck with somebody's head if you yeah. if you really know yeah. what you're doing. You, you like impending doom. You can make people like. I mean, I've known people where I, I believe that uh, they've been fucked with, and it's from their experiences. From like telling me, it sounds like the same experience I've done with crossing the abyss to have magic. But I was doing it for that reason. I knew what I was doing it for. If that mm-hmm. was to happen to somebody. And they don't know what the fuck's going on. And that's probably going to be a very terrifying experience. You know, and then the, if when you do have these experiences, when you come back, you need to be very balanced emotionally. Uh, and that's like, I think that in itself is probably where uh, the, the shadow work might pay off the most, really. You're going to need to do it, I think, in order to be uh, happy enough with yourself to be like, it's okay to leave here. You know, it's all right for me to test this out. There's a you almost have to kind of be accepting of death, really, to, to almost bring yourself down to the point to where you're letting yourself slip out. And if you know it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah. that's going to take a lot in itself for somebody to be able to mentally handle. But coming back, if you have like any sort of fear or hate, like anger that starts to come over you, it's going to feel like a ton of fucking bricks on your body. And it's going to fuck with you mentally really bad. So, like, mm. that is a really, I think, the biggest, uh, the most important part of being balanced when they talk about Tiferet on the Tree of Life. You better make sure that your fucking heart is there when you come back or you're going to have some shitty fucking times. Or you're going to be a very shitty person. Right. Hmm. So basically, you better get yourself ready. You got to do that shadow work yeah. and make sure you're a whole integrated person before you start trying to walk that path. And, and, and really, really messing with those energies. And I do think, um, you know, I think me and you were talking earlier, and I'm not going to get specific, but, you know, I've noticed since being in the podcast community, there's just there's a couple of shows that are very questionable, you know, and, uh, you know, as an occultist, I see things. Yeah, you know? a couple. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. But I mean, you see logos. You see, you just start seeing like constant fucking repeating things. People say certain stuff. But what I'm getting at is, I think that at some point, you know, you can fuck with this stuff to a certain extent and actually do well and probably put out a good message and try to help enlighten people and, you know, do the right thing. But it can be very addictive, I think. Which is why I kind of bowed out and I was like, I'm not doing this shit. I mean, I, I'll be honest, doing meditations, 
I can pretty much almost bring myself to there now. I don't need to be fucking setting up an altar and doing all this crap. I could just do it with closing my eyes and focusing. You know, but I don't yeah. I don't like push myself like I was doing, you know, prior because it's just a whole other board a ball game. But uh, you I, I could easily see how it would be addictive. And I think some people might have came out with some good intentions, but got addicted to the magic. And I feel that, you know, just the more times, like I said, the more times you do it, I guess you're gonna, your percentages might go up of, of being an asshole after the fact. You know, the more you mm-hmm. keep doing it, the more of a possibility you're going to start to become a dick. And I think if you get addicted to it and you start doing it a lot, it's very easily to fall into that. And then all of a sudden, uh, these people change. You know, and I think yeah, I, you, I, I don't, I'm trying to, to give some people the, and you start to let yeah. it go to your head. And, I try to give some some people the benefit of the doubt, and I'm hoping maybe that's the situation. But I, I do mm-hmm. think I do think that does happen uh, does happen to the best of some some people. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I was just thinking if if you could, because uh, I think the message we get about magic in the general population is like it's a sort of uh, esoteric force. It's almost like a fantasy force, you know, that people don't really understand. But if you could communicate the idea that it's closely related to electricity and that human beings actually have this ability, if they do the right thing with the right focus and the right rituals and whatever, they could actually generate these energies and they're even almost electrical energies. I think more and more people, I mean, magic is blowing up anyway. It's gotten huge in the last 10, 15 years. But, I mean, I don't know. It's, I feel like we're on a precipice where people are really going to come to a, a kind of mass understanding of this. You know, like I thought we, that we really too, are yeah. living through a kind of apocalypse right now in, in the, uh, I hate to say the general it. sense of the word. It'd be a great revealing of, of certain hidden truths. Uh, and there's been bastards in power for so long just confusing and obfuscating the truth about reality. Um and that's one of the, the truths that they've been obfuscating. I mean, you know... The, the relationship between electricity and magic. Even when... It, yeah. Uh, well, even one thing, like you said, they're kind of like a revealing. And you said like almost like mm-hmm. an apocalyptic time. I, I kind of... <coughs> I kind of agree with you on that. <clears throat> where I think like... There might be... <coughs> sorry. Some sort of... Uh, truths might start yeah. really start coming out. But... Or, like, maybe some of the veil might be dropped, you know, and people will start to see our reality for more of what it is. The thing is, is that even, and this is the part that really is, I think, the hardest to deal with with your first few magical experiences, is, um, you know, it's no longer, when something is a faith or an idea or a belief, when you see something or experience something to change that to reality, like a truth, like you've mm-hmm. experienced it, you know it, it's not a faith anymore, that's fucking a big difference. Real huge difference on the mind. So there could be like mm-hmm. certain occult ideas that people may accept or may even entertain or, or fully believe might be true, but for you to actually know it to be true can still snap a motherfucker. To where even even mm. if you do realize, holy fuck, I've been actually right about some of this stuff, that could frighten the fuck out of you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To where to where even if you are kind of awoke 
or, or you know, red pilled or whatever they fucking call whatever badges they give themselves now. Even if you're, uh, <laughs> you consider, you know, even those people, even myself, yo, there's certain things I'm sure that, it, you know, came out to be true that I even still believe because of occult experiences. It's like, to me, it's like, all right, I, I believe it because of my experiences out there. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm just not understanding it fully here and I could be off. Even though there's plenty of it, like even with the dome, I hate to say it, there's a lot of stuff in occultism that even, that will even uh, say that, you know, and, and agree with a dome at least. You know, I believe that we may actually be under one because of experiences that I've had also. But like if I was to actually watch it crack, you know, I'm, that might be a little fucking different. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck, like it really is real. And that's a uh, totally different, like totally different than believing, in my opinion. You you were talking about the dome. What what do you mean by that? What's the dome? Well, uh, I see now that. It's funny, like with me, I don't, I'm not one, I'm not someone to say I believe in a, a t total flat earth. I don't know. I have no idea about that. But I do believe uh, that I'm we a might. Cuck. No, yeah, well, you. I don't, well, see, I've even said, <laughs> see, this is even a thing that I say. I, now, you, like, let's say you just took half of that globe, took half of that globe and then stuck it on mm -hmm. fucking Jupiter. You know what I'm saying? And that's a dome. It's still on a fucking globe size or a circle size, size thing. This is so fucking big. That little piece could just appear to be a flat earth under a dome. I have no idea what the fuck's right. being, you know, beyond the dome on the ground. I don't know. You know, I don't know if mm -hmm. it's flat or it keeps going, it's round or whatever, but I do believe we're at least under a fucking, some sort of a dome, and there is kind of almost like a, uh, I forgot how the people explain it. It's, uh, fuck the waters, they call it out there. I forgot. The firmament. Something kind of yeah, like right. that. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think it's more of like, kind of like plasma. Or something to that extent. Yeah, it's it's. There's definitely something fishy with. Uh, they're not telling us the truth about the nature of uh, the cosmos and what's above our heads. That's for sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That I, that I do. That that I'll agree a hundred percent on. I do not yeah, think they yeah. tell us the truth at all. <laughs> there's there's some fishy stuff going on with NASA and all the the fuckery they get up to. I mean, you just go and watch some of these videos where they're clearly in like a water tank and there's like. They're suspended with harnesses, and they got their hair up with hairspray and shit. And they're saying, "Oh, we're on the International Space Station." I mean, it's like uh, it's childish, you know. And they know that hardly anybody's watch. Like half the people watching those videos are people watching them to see how fake they are, you know. And it's like, <laughs> you know, maybe fifty people watch them. It, they know it's a bunch of bullshit, you know. They're just having a laugh. Yeah, I know uh, you're not a fan of flat Earth, but uh, flat Earth Dave does. Uh, he does. He does cover. Uh, NASA like fuck ups pretty well when on his show. I I had him on and he showed no, a, he had he showed a couple of flat them. Earth. Uh, yeah, no, I have nothing against flat Earth. I just that was a gift from my oh, wife okay. from like twelve years ago. You know, and, I mean globes are cool looking, you know, but yeah, I think flat Earth is interesting. And I mean, I learned a lot uh, just researching it. The the people who are really into flat Earth, they research. I mean, they know more about Earth science than like a lot of scientists. They research it constantly. They're very meticulous, you know. I just, I, you know, I, I try not to be dogmatic about things in general. I, you know, I, I try to keep an open mind. And But I, I definitely think that I'm dogmatic about the fact that the people in charge lie about fucking everything. Uh, That's what I'm dogmatic about. <laughs> I will agree with that. So, yeah. <laughs> they do lie about pretty yeah. much everything. 
Yeah, I mean, you just go out to you go out and look at the stars, and you you pull up the, the official numbers for how far away a star is, or something like the closest star. I think they say is Alpha Centauri, and it's like I think like four light years or four light years away, or something like that. And you just try to conceptualize that distance, you know, and you think like, so the light that I'm seeing with my naked eye is this far away, and you just really try to think about it, and you're just going to come to a point where you say that's horseshit. It is not that far away. That is ridiculous. I don't know. It just seems it seems Yeah, no, absurd. I understand what you're saying, yeah. Well, when yeah, you're a kid so. and you learn this stuff, it sounds fucking outlandish and amazing. It's like, oh, wow. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you don't, I don't think you really uh, kind of listen, you know, take it for what it's, what they're really saying. But really, I mean, I think materialism is a, a dead-end philosophy. I don't think that matter is as solid as, as they want us to think. And, I mean... I, you know, I'm somebody. Agree, I'm yeah. an idealist. I, I think consciousness is the uh, the foundation for everything we're experiencing, and matter is secondary to it. Uh, and I mean, I think that's a, a Christian worldview, and, and I think that it drives with the occult and with Gnosticism and everything. I mean, it, it, we we believe in the beginning God. What is God? God is pure spirit. He's a mind. He's consciousness, and he 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 imagined this world into existence. That's what the Book of Genesis says, right? So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think materialism is just a, a dead-end philosophy that doesn't work. You know, they just keep trying to patch it up and do a little song and dance, and, and it's a bunch of horseshit, and it's dying. You know? <laughs> That's why magic is getting so popular. Oh, yeah. I mean, even when I got into it, I think I was selling this on somebody else's show, and it was actually kind of, like, not frightening, but, I mean, alarming, I don't know. It was upsetting, actually. Um, like, even on, like, Facebook... There is, you know, because I, you know, I joined a whole bunch of things just to, on Facebook, just to like see different ideas. Uh, most of the groups were fucking total shit, but uh, mm -hmm. there's tons and tons of them. I mean, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in these groups, and you wouldn't believe how many of them have like, they specifically have to make like eighteen and over groups, which tend to be the smallest ones, because mm -hmm. most of them are filled with fucking like thirteen and up. Yep. And I'm like, yo, like, like, and the stuff that they think they're learning and practicing is like so far from the opposite mm -hmm. of, of any truth that like, I, I mean, I hate to say it and I'm not trying, I'll say real Wiccans, people who really follow Wicca the way it's supposed to be. Uh, I've met some people like that. They have some amazing occult knowledge and understanding of what actually magic is too. But unfortunately, um, that was an uh, wicked did come from uh, somebody that uh, basically trained under Alice the Crowley. You know, a lot yeah. of people, all people don't even want to admit that that Gerald Gardner was uh, boys with Alice the Crowley. And he, he was even given permission to open up his own OTO lodge. But he, oh, wow. but he didn't. Instead of doing a psy up for the OTO, he came up with his own bullshit psy up of magic. <laughs> Yeah. He started Wicca, which kind of dumbed it down or made it seem so glamorous that uh, you get hooked on that and you don't look at the truth. Well, I mean... It's almost, know, it's almost as if you removed the sex from the OTO, you got really Wicca. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, he knew that teenage girls with daddy issues needed something to believe in, so... He had to create yeah. Wicca. I mean, that's... I mean, there were even people at, the, people at the lodge used to call it Thelema Light. They're like, oh, yeah. the Lima Light. 
<laughs> and I was like, yo, that's uh, a really good fucking way to explain it. <laughs> yeah, diet Selena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yo, for real, for real. But, but uh, you know, I'm not dissing, like, you know, there's people, uh, you know, there's even, uh, you know, people I know at podcasts, there's uh, females out there that I think were Wiccans, and they have some amazing work. So, you know, covering the occult as well. So I'm not knocking yeah, them. I'm just saying, you know, same thing with the OTO. They have their way of... You know, uh, bling bling and uh, shiny object syndrome, so you don't see the truth. I mean, same thing in mm-hmm. all of them. You know, they all have their ways of doing it. You know, Wicca isn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, it isn't. It's the, the same shit. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, you're talking about bling bling. You know, uh, look over here, so you don't see what the truth yeah. is. Right. There's so much of that, and I mean, that's really how our our world is run. You know, the the people who who run our civilization, they're, they're essentially carnival barkers. It's P.T. Barnum, you know. They put out this uh, this image of themselves as being these, like, all-powerful supervillains in, in, like, smoky rooms with cigars, and, and that's sort of the idea that a lot of conspiracy theorists have about them. But, you know, really I think that they're, they're more about deception and trickery. They're like tricksters more than anything else, and that's how they maintain their power. And uh, they're all about the sizzle and the bling bling, and that's what that's what uh, Elon Musk and his rockets into space are all about, you know, and and constantly trying to tell us that we're going to have these artificially intelligent sex robots giving us blowies just five years down the line, you know, just just trust us, guys. Keep you know keep on working for the system. It's going to be the Star Trek future soon. You know, you're going to have your holodecks, and it never happens. You know, they've been they've been spinning that yarn for sixty years. You know, <laughs> these people are. They're carnival barkers, you know. It's, it's funny. It's not going to happen. It's funny you mentioned Elon Musk because, uh, like, I made an intro uh, for the Scarlet Horse series. For like, a, I think uh, probably going to do one for like every episode, and I, I made the. Th- you know, there's going to be four parts. I made the intro for the third one, and it basically uh, at, at the end of it, I was like putting up like kind of like people that uh, get idolized, regardless if they're good or bad people, just people that get idolized, you know, or groups or whatever and i had elon musk up there because but but i don't think that's a good thing though you know i think i think he's like kind Mm -hmm. of uh yeah i don't think he's what everybody thinks he is no he's definitely not and and people like well you know the people in the conspiracy community like like love the dude and i'm like are you kidding me i just that just makes no sense uh, to me He's, he's a huckster for sure, and he's got all kinds of government money behind him. And, I mean, how can somebody, the richest man in the world running this massive tech company, have all this time to just shit post on Twitter, you know? I mean, he's, I don't know, I just, he's definitely a, a, another one of these carnival barking hucksters that I'm talking about. I mean, he's one of the main ones. You know? Fascinating guy. I guess his cars are pretty nice. I've never driven one. <laughs> he sent one, one in his face, don't you know? Yeah, yeah didn't, uh... Oh no, I'm thinking of um. Did Bowie? No, he didn't. He shoot out a car, or I'm getting confused. Maybe it. Maybe it was Elon Musk. There's a car that got shot out into space. I think playing uh something with one of Bowie's songs. Uh, yeah, I didn't know about the Bowie song, but he definitely shot a Tesla Roadster into space. I mean, allegedly, because you know you see the video and it looks fake as fuck. And Elon Musk even commented on how fake it looked. He's like, uh, you know, it's real because of how fake it looks. You know. It just looks like he had like a, a a camera on the dashboard, and he had like a mannequin in the driver's seat, and you could see the star field behind it. Yes, you know, and it looked yeah. like a it looked like a green screen. You know, yeah, it, it did really look fake. fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's when you come to and if you really if you study the history of these people, these elites who run things, and 
uh, more. Have, have you ever read like the Secret Sun blog, Christopher Knowles? You ever? Get into I know guy? who he is. Yeah, he's he's a really fascinating guy, and he writes a lot about these topics. But you know, he he he's been writing a lot recently about how really the world is is run by a different warring cabals of dark wizards, and that they're just mm. trying to make us think that it's this. Uh, this like rational scientific order, but that's not really what's going on. That's, that's the song and dance. That's the look over here. So you don't see what's really going on. And, uh, I could agree with that actually. Yeah. I I think it's, I think it's a very, that thesis has a lot of purchase, I think. And when you go to look back at, at least you could go back to the British empire. These, these guys were, you know, the sun never sets on the British empire. These aristocrats were striding over the whole world. And these guys were racist as hell. You know, they, they thought that they were the master race, the Anglo-Saxons, and and uh, they had more money than God, and they were, you know, they basically uh, got to a point, I think, in their minds where they felt that they were higher than everyone else, anyone who, who weren't in their class. And I also think they had so much money at the time, they got bored, and they started, <laughs> uh, yeah, they started getting into occult rituals and trying to contact these dark yeah. spirits and stuff because they had nothing else to do, and they, and these spirits started talking back to them, you know, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's known, it's known about these people, about the British empire, that they ran their empire through, uh, they, they, their nickname was perfidious Albion or perfidy is basically tricksters. And so these guys, they're constantly pulling deceptions on us, pulling tricks on us. And uh, nothing is ever as it seems, you know, that's, uh, I mean, that's what the catcher in the rye is about. That's another one of their great reveals right there. It's all about the trick. You know, he goes through all these trials and tribulations. And at the end of the book, what does he find? He finds uh, the, the grand message he was searching for is, is fuck you. And that's their grand, me- <laughs> that's their grand message for the masses. You know, we are, we are beneath them. That's fine. Man. Fuck you. That's my rant. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. I just thought it was funny the way you mentioned that. I feel like are you into. A, I always bring it up. You you ever watch Twin Peaks? Yeah, yeah. I actually sure. thought his third season was kind of like fuck you. I mean, I, yeah, I it was. I, mean, I thought it was deep as fuck though. Like it really, even though it was so weird and done differently, I do think it's still really amazing work by him. But you know, I I think he kind of in the second season, you know, he only directed half of it because he was done with it because. Everybody wanted to know who killed Laura Palmer, and he was like, that was never, he never had that envisioned ever coming to that. He just wanted mm-hmm. to keep a storyline going with everybody else's story. Mm-hmm. He never thought of that, and he got so pressured by fans, and, you know, and, and then, the, you know, the fans uh, talked to the, whatever, like the, the TV, I forgot, whatever channel had them on. We was starting to pressure him that, like, you know, your fans actually kind of want you to wrap this up, and he's like, no, it's going to ruin the show. They're like, no, it won't. Blah, blah, blah. So he got pissed off and left. But uh, when he came back, he I mean, he was upset and he wrapped up the second season. But like, I think like he started to almost like he really it started getting weird because I think in an occult way, he was like telling you like this fucking shit is over. You killed it. And then in the third season, I think he just tells you over and over again that the audience, you know, and part of society is what killed the fucking idea of the show and then shows you in a cold mm-hmm. sense how the show came from his fucking mind. You know, it's almost mm-hmm. kind of like a fuck you, mm-hmm. like still telling you, like, you know, you killed the show years ago. You know, so when you <laughs> well, said... When you, David Lynch is one of the greatest creative filmmakers, you know... No, I really do think so, too. So I, I think he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's... 
And he's very, I mean, he's very well versed in all this stuff. I mean, he understands the occult and symbolism, and he knows how the power structure works on this planet. Have you he, ever seen he any knows that there's interviews with him do, talking about that? Because I, I don't think I've seen I'll, some interviews. Yeah, because I've I've wanted. He talks I've, about he, he, I know he's into transcendental. Yes, yeah, I think that's like that's his way of trying to introduce people into. I, I would probably say, believe it or not, I've I've actually thought about it at the last few times I did have like some pretty deep meditations to where I would call it like crawling the thin ice. It's like you're almost kind of getting to crossing the abyss, but you don't. You kind of just get really uh -huh. close to it. Uh, I feel like that's transcendental meditation, really. I, I really do think that that's what that kind of, you know, just sitting there by yourself and just trying to hone in on a single thought or a point, kind of like mm -hmm. transcendental meditation that is probably one of the more like pure ways, I guess, of maybe having those uh, effects because you're not calling upon any god or some fucking weird name or so and so. It's really just you and your higher power at that point. You know, once mm -hmm. you close your eyes mm -hmm. and stop all the thoughts in your head, you know. And right. So I, I do think like sometimes I'm like I wonder if like that's his way of trying to be like here like this is this is how to maybe open your mind, but like a little introductory way that isn't negative. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, yeah, and, you know, truly gifted artists, they're not really going to communicate their deepest truths using just straightforward language, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, his, his, his deep, his, the deepest truths he has to tell us are through his art. And so uh, he, I would, if you asked him, I think he would probably admit that uh, his watching one of his films is a, is a higher form of his communication than if he were to just say something yeah. to you. Mm -hmm. So, you know he might not talk about that stuff in interviews because it's hard to, it's hard to communicate these things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought about literally, um, cause he does have a place in New York, uh, the David Lynch foundation. I thought about, uh, someone told me that if you actually send him mail, he will respond. Ah, that he's like old school like that. that. Like if somebody sends him a, you know, a letter through the mail and actually took the time to write, he actually will get back in touch with you. So I'm actually really tempted about asking him to fucking cry. I've been thinking about it for like a month or two now since I've known this. But I, I've really been tempted to like write him and be like, you know, would you come on my show and maybe try to touch on some of the occultism, at least in Twin Peaks or something? Because it's so yeah, blaring obvious to me. And I'm wondering like if he actually had somebody who maybe he could have a conversation with it about, he might mm -hmm. be maybe entertained. You know, I might be like, fuck it. I mean, plus he's getting old too. I mean, at this point. You know, he's only got so much time. Like, what do you got to, you know, spill the beans, dude. You know, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, man. I think you should ask him. I mean, I think you should ask anybody you want. You know, you yeah. never, in this day and age, this media environment, you can get all kinds of people to come on your shows. I mean, people get like, uh, all, Oliver Stone's been making the round. You know, he's been going on all kinds of small podcasts talking about his new JFK documentary. You know, so I don't think it's, it's that far of a reach to get David Lynch to come on your show. Yeah. You know, yeah well, you I would, I would right fucking way. be mind blown because I really do think he could, you know, even in twin peaks, like there's parts that are very weird and, and wild, but I do think he just, he does also try to show you the balance and the good part of, of magic mm -hmm. and occult of occultism. So yeah, and, and there is a, a positive force in Twin Peaks, right? That's sort of working against mm -hmm. uh, Bob. Isn't that the 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 evil spirit's name is Bob in that show? Yeah, yeah. he would be he would be but, like the beast kind of almost in occultism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, he yo, you know what? And and he is huge on. Uh, I gotta send you some fucking links. 
I think they were taken out of uh, neither the movie or this or the second uh, season. I think it's called Missing Pieces or whatever. And there's even stuff in the third season. If you were probably to go back and look at it, if I can remember what episodes, I'll, I'll tell you about them. There, he references Electric a lot, actually, a whole oh, yeah. lot. Look at his logo. His logo is fucking uh, uh, TV and uh, radio lines or electric lines. Yeah, yeah, you're right. With with lightning bolts yeah. coming out of it. He references yeah. it fucking Twin Peaks is about fucking electric as vibrations in itself. He references electric a lot, actually. He's a very good example. If, if you were to start noticing it, you'd be like, holy shit. Like, sometimes they would just mm -hmm. show, uh, they'll show, like, the telephone pole. And they'll have, like, you know, like, all that fucking weird noise he does and shit. He's showing the fucking electric coming down into the wood, and then the story manifests. Yeah, well, I mean, think about when electricity was first coming into, like, mainstream adoption. The war between Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison that whole ACDC thing. I mean, Nikola Tesla was essentially a, a kind of wizard, if you really go back and look at it. And people thought of him like that, especially people from, from his home country. I remember reading a biography when I was a child about him, and they thought that he was like the child of an extraterrestrial or something because he was such a, a gifted and, and spirited guy. And he would have visions, and he would do all these kinds of meditation techniques that his dad would teach him. Anyway, my point is, he, the whole thing with him is people thought that he developed a way to distribute electricity freely to everybody through the atmosphere. And that was the te that's the Tesla tech, right? And then the, the elites came in and they figured out a way to, to get it to people through wires and to regulate it and to charge us for it. Like that's the whole, uh -huh. that's the whole mind fuck with electricity where before that happened, before Westinghouse and Edison did that shit, uh, I think that it, people had probably could have easily been shepherded into an understanding of electricity and magic being one and the same or electricity and spirituality. Yeah. Or that's actually a like really a good point. I, I think, well, you know, Chi, prana, whatever I always use a, well, I kind of use like Tesla as an example when, uh, and you know, this reminds me how, you know, electric, I even think has something to do with crossing over is the fact that, I mean, even Tesla was able to realize that there's free-floating, you know, there's a, just because we don't see it doesn't mean there isn't electricity or, or power out there. Mm -hmm. That's the conduit, I think, that we use to slip out. I mean, that's like, honestly, I think Metallica's album Ride the Lightning is all about that. I mean, even the uh, name, even the name good... itself. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, they have the whole thing with going in an electric chair, you know, yeah. boom, the belt holes. Uh, trapped on the ice is just like what I was explaining with crawling the thin ice or getting close to crossing over the abyss. I mean, I think that whole album is talking about that, but they're referencing electric, you know, and I, I do. That's think interesting. That's so do you think that uh, Metallica is like well-versed in these topics or do you oh, think that these yeah. symbols and ideas oh, came yeah. through? They, they are. Okay. Oh, fuck. Yeah, 100%. Them, Megadeth, okay. Anthrax, uh, fucking all those bands, Slayer. They all know the, they totally 100%, I understand, I think a lot, you know, by far more than I could ever comprehend, probably. They are fucking yeah. gangsters at that shit. And the thing is, they tell you about, they, if you listen to their songs and was just to look at some of their stuff from a different angle, or look more, or look at it more in the conspiracy sense now, you will see Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, all those bands were telling you what the fuck was happening now, 20, 30 years ago. I mean, they, they were all talking yeah. about that shit, but 
what they do is that they will talk about occult stuff as well, like Master of Puppets. I mean, that album's peppered with fucking occultism in it. I mean, all their albums really are, uh, at least up until the Black album. After that, I couldn't tell you too much, but a lot. I mean, they, uh, they're telling you a lot. And I think the thing is, is that this is how they do it. All right, we, we get to come out and tell you the truth. You're not going to understand it. And the music, the vibration that we're going to use is going to be kind of opposite of what we're telling you. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, so it's like we're telling you the truth, but like through like lower vibration music. Unfortunately, you have to understand, too, when you're young and you're listening to that music, you can take on an ideology just from whatever type of music you listen to. You know, a lot of people do huh. that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah, it, it's yeah. almost like here we're telling you the truth, but fucking up your head mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I Which totally how believe you want to do it. If, yes, exactly. If you wanted to, con- you want to get it's uh, what's they feel like they have to tell us the truth to get away with what they're doing, right? Yeah. I think that I've heard that before. It's some sort of they believe that there's some sort of law that they have to follow in order to get get one over on us. And if they're gonna deceive us or kill us or do whatever they want to do, fuck with us, that they have to tell us first before they can do it. Or there's some sort of karmic law that they're breaking. Isn't isn't that an idea yeah. that they have yeah. in elite circles? Yeah, that, I mean that's what so I. Do you think, think that mean. like James Hetfield and Lars are they masterminding all the <laughs> symbolism being revealed in their music, or is there is there you know, uh, are they being controlled? <sighs> believe it or not. This might sound crazy. I sometimes wonder if a lot of these bands are MK Ultra projects. Because I mean because when you hear if you were to understand the occultism that they're talking about and understand what they're really saying, you know, a lot of stuff where it sounds like they're just talking about being angry and pissed off or, you know, very grim. It's because maybe it's like this was a life that was forced upon me. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're not happy about knowing this stuff. And you're not happy about knowing the fucking world that we're actually living in and realizing how fucked up it is. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the times there, I really do think they're expressing that as well. So, I mean, I think that's why sometimes, like Metallica, another perfect example. They fucking cut their hair and their music fucking sucked. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think at that point yeah. they hung up their robes and said, we're done. Or their contract expired. <laughs> And they changed. Mm-hmm. Dave yeah. Mustaine from Megadeth admits it. He even says there's specific tones that they play on their fucking guitars that, that were considered satanic or would give off certain vibrations. His interview, he comes out and admits it. I mean, he's a, I think he's a Catholic oh, really? or he's a Catholic or a Christian now, unless he changed. But uh, yeah, he totally comes out and says is fucking Satanism or magic and occultism is fucking huge through the music industry and metal. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That, and, you know, it's so obvious, too. I mean, the symbolism was all especially in that that time period, the 80s with that heavy metal and uh, hard rock music. There was so much symbolism for Satanism and the occult and people started freaking out and they just called it the satanic panic uh-huh. and told them to shut up. <laughs> it was, you know, yeah. like there was there was a lot of truth to it, you know. But even now, you try to talk about this stuff. You try to talk about Satanism in in media, and people still say, "Oh, satanic panic." It's a just a buzzword they use to brush it aside, like there's nothing there to consider. But if you take five ten minutes to really do a little research into that stuff, I mean, there's there's a lot of truth to the satanic panic. There was a lot of oh yeah, you know, no there there, there is. I just think the yeah. way that they it's, the way that they try to let the truth out, it's like almost still like cryptid in a sense it's still like you know we're 
We're telling you the truth, but not in the, not in the way that you're going to understand it. You yeah. know, like I even think, I think like, um, right. what do you think about the West Memphis Three? Well, I've listened to William, what's his name, William Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's kind of, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done some really good work <laughs> on that. To- That's the whole thing. I was really big into that yeah. show, Paradise Lost, and any shows that really. Uh-huh. Uh, I think neither was on Netflix and or uh, well, I don't know if it was HBO or Showtime. Whoever had Paradise Lost, you know, when you watch it, I don't think you realize it is very biased. Actually, those shows are kind of yeah. viewed one way as them being innocent and people trying to you know help them get out of jail. It kind of yeah. put, it kind of almost spins it that way, and then when you listen to William Ramsey or actually do any investigating on like what really went on in that courtroom, there is a lot of stuff that does possibly prove that they were kind of involved somehow. Yeah, and he, he was technically uh, convicted, or he he pled guilty, right? And yeah, to get out of jail. To, yeah, yeah, and then he he had to in order to get out. I'm sure, but I mean, yeah, with the the thing that trips me up about that whole case is that how highly publicized it was because there's all kinds of crimes and wrongful accusations and convictions that go on whenever the media chooses to focus on something it's for a reason you know when there's thousands of shootings in the united states but the media will choose to focus on 10 for Uh the year because they have an agenda you know so the fact that it got so much media attention and then also yet all these huge celebrities come peter jackson johnny depp all these huge celebrities come and try to like help this kid out rollins i mean (laughs) yeah those two things are really strange that that makes me do the double take you know the fact that some like backward southern court would try to railroad a kid in the metal shirt i'm like okay yeah i mean i can believe that but then you have all these other factors coming in it's like oh well maybe there is something to it because i i do believe that the hollywood elites are up to some dark occult shit you know so, I think that show helped yeah. uh, spawn uh, Tiger King. <laughs> what, who, <laughs> what helped spawn Tiger King? <laughs> that that whole Paradise Lost thing. Because if you, if you were to watch that, it's kind of like like following. I think like the trial in itself or whatever. Like and something like the 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 stepfather or one of the victims was just so fucking over the top. I'm like, yo, yeah. You know, was this just reality TV and they just didn't tell us? as well i mean who the fuck knows because it was just so overdone it's like like how, like some of it it's like yo how did you even put that out like if you want to be taken serious yeah. you know <laughs> like like it was just very animated and over the top this dude like he's like fucking lighting shit in the fucking woods and uh you know setting it on fire with like lighter fluid you know being like burn yeah. or whatever you know it was just so dramatic i'm like you know is, is this like almost i feel like it's scripted you know, it's yeah. like watching like ninety oh, day mean, fiance or some shit. Yeah, a lot of these big news stories they put out there, I think, are definitely reality TV. You know, they're they're trying to push I mean it's social engineering, right? They're trying to push the public consciousness in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. For for whatever reason. I mean they have their reasons, but uh, they're trying to they try to steer the the vibration of the masses, the frequency of the masses, and they use the mass media for that for sure. Tiger King was another example of of that i think <laughs> yeah well that's why i even brought that up too because that seemed like a pretty good yeah. distraction when covid came yeah yeah covid came they like everybody had to sit inside in their house and watch tv they knew everybody was watching netflix and they held a mirror up to it this is you america tiger king is the perfect encapsulation of, of america in 2020 you know how mm. just how like hedonistic and degenerate and drug addicted and crazy we, this country's become in the last 60 years you know so you know, yeah, and you know, know what's 
you know, it's funny. We talk about, you know, I was mentioning before about uh, this, this story of the Scarlet Whore, how it could be almost like a, like a love story. It could be a love-hate story. And uh, I, this is going to sound fucking nuts, but if, you know, looking at, I guess, certain parts of the tree where the relationship of them could be, like of a male and woman and, you know, negative and positive, you know, and maybe in a cycle of, like, one's taking over and then the other one kind of, you know, like, a, it's like a sick a cycle, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds fucking crazy, but the Tiger King would, is a pretty good depiction. <laughs> I hate to say it. Like, I've looked at it, and I'm like, you know, is this actually all bullshit, too? Because, like, she does fit the Scarlet Whore, and he does he does fit kind of, um like, the, the king but the fool at the same time. And uh, as you, like, mm-hmm. you, when you also look at what's going on in occultism in the world and what's going on in the media and society... You know, another reason why we cover the Scarlet Whore is because we feel like that it's kind of like um, the left pillar, the negative pillar, um, is totally off balance and taking control of the system. And that's what's going to kind of break and then bring in a new aeon. It's the best way to try to explain it. Um, That's a lot of the left. And that's like at that point, there's no balance and the Scarlet Whore is in charge. Uh, The king, you know, because there's a queen, king, prince and princess yod hey vod hey that's like a huge formula that's used in ceremonial magic um the king is not in control anymore or not in control with the queen she is basically you know killed the fucking king and she's in charge now you know that's you know a shitty situation it's off balanced and what happened she got away with probably killing her husband because everybody thinks that she killed her husband and joe uh whatever his name is he ended up in jail Mm-hmm. She's still free. She's still mm-hmm. doing whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, I mean, even if you wonder, get into the whole Epstein, he, he, Epstein and Glenn Maxwell, that whole situation too. Yeah. He's supposedly yeah. dead, but yeah. I mean, it looks like she might almost get away with it. And she's always in black, just like Saturn. Oh, she's she's the black widow, man. She's the mastermind, you know? Yeah. It, Jeffrey was a patsy. In my, when it come, anyway, but no, it makes me wonder when you talk about Tiger King and how you're seeing the, the Scarlet whore and Saturn symbolism in this show. And I, yeah, it's possible that somebody wanted to weave those symbols into that show, yeah, but yeah. it also, it makes me wonder sometimes maybe these symbols are, are operating on another level and it's, it's beyond, it's beyond a human construction. Like they're, they're seeping their way into our media. That's, yeah. You know? Me and Lux think that actually probably happens more often than not. Uh, yeah. Which that, is kind of a Philip K. Dick way of looking at it. You it's know? almost as like, is that just the way, like if you believe like we're in some kind of matrix or whatever, some uh, virtual reality or whatever, is that just how, the system replicates itself. Like, is it just going to happen sometimes regardless if it's done on purpose or not? Oh, yeah. I lost you. I'm here. I lost you again. I'm here. Yeah, I'm I'm here. Sorry. You know, I was saying, uh, you know, if, is that just like, if we are like in a matrix type system or if this is like, you know, some kind of coded reality or whatever, is that just going mm-hmm. to happen regardless? Because it's just the way that the system's made. Like, are you just going to see those things there? But just because it's that's the way it just manifests. Sometimes, yeah. It may, it may I mean, not I always think be simulation purpose. Simulation theory makes yeah. a lot of sense. You know, I think that we are in some kind of simulated realm, or you know, it's not. It's not. It, this this world we're living in didn't happen from some sort of random accident. You know, I think that's obvious, and. uh 
it, it's a it's a constructed place, and there's there's a rhyme and a reason to it. There's a you know there's mathematics behind it, and I think we're discovering that more and more. Uh, and this is what the ancients believed about the world. So we're we're rediscovering the ancient worldview, uh, and we're kind of waking up from a bad materialistic hangover. I think, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, you know, you mentioned before so, ACDC, and I meant to go on that, too. And, uh, <laughs> you know, again, with electric and stuff, I, I went to, with magic, sometimes uh, I've even, like, wondered, you know, because this is a good example, kind of, to think, uh, for, for understanding how magic might happen with electric. It's almost as if we are stuck in direct current, and we need to break out mm-hmm. into alternating current. You know, before how I was saying that we're kind of crossed, but we need to become separated. Uh huh. You know, I kind of think that has something to do with it. Why the, there's a band ACDC, why uh, Washington probably has DC. I even questioned Alistair Crowley's name, AC. You know, ACDC. Mm-hmm. You know, is any, you know, is that shit even real? Is he even like fucking. You know, I questioned him if he's just like a story as well. Or, you know, whatever. He was just kind of like a, a hyped up image. Aleister Crowley? Yeah, you know, or if it was just like, a, we need to slap like, somebody on here for this fucking idea. Because, like, I've even, yeah, wonder, think- I've even wondered if the OTO, in some aspect, was, uh, was, um, I hate to, like, almost like a psyop in Inception. In Inception. Ugh, inception. Ugh, I can't say it. From the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, I think that's the, I mean, uh, huge historical figures and prominent figures like that, I mean... I think a lot of times they're brands, they're managed brands. Yeah, and you can even yeah. have you can even have multiple individuals playing the same character in the public you know, eye. Yeah, and you, you know, know that's one of the reasons why I've said it a few other times. Why I even got into practicing the occult, I, I was very interested in occultism and secret societies prior because I did think that they had some sort of uh, influence on the world. I do believe that, and I I believe it a lot more now. You know. Obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I did think that was possible. Fuck, where the fuck was I going with that? Fuck, sorry. Alistair Crowley being, oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, kind of like fake. Um, I, I think that a lot. I started to question how truthful are even all these stories about these people, like. And when you want to start digging and I guess, you know, when you start like researching and stuff and getting into this type of shit, you know, everybody understands you just start clicking, getting into things that you get into. Um, Mm -hmm. I just thought that this is like almost an endless rabbit hole if I want to. And this is where I think a lot of people kind of miss the whole idea of magic. They will run with like, oh, well, who started what order? Where did that order come from? Who did this? Who did that? And I mean, these are all stories that are in books that have been fed to us. I have no idea if this mm-hmm. fucking shit's even true. But instead yeah. of me going down those rabbit holes, I was like, let me see what magic is actually about. Instead of fucking chasing these people, trying to find, what, the ultimate source or some shit? I mean, you know, what am I really looking for? So I was like, fuck it. And I started getting, that's how it happened. I just started getting into, like, really looking into how magic works or what styles and stuff. So sometimes mm-hmm. I even think that yeah, all those stories, I, like that, I mean, the Mathers and Crowley, you know, is that like fucking bullshit? Was that bullshit reality TV back then? You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, here's a feud between magicians. <laughs> yeah. Those West Coast beef. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny, man. Yeah, it's a, I think, 
if you spend any time looking into conspiracy and you're not like some kind of ideologue, you're going to start thinking, well, maybe I should start dabbling in the occult. Maybe I should start looking into this, you know. Uh, and I, I feel like they're trying to sheepdog conspiracy people into the occult all yeah. the time. They oh, want people yes. to these orders. Yes. I think, you it, know, yeah. And almost like it, almost like it's a test. Like they're trying to, they're trying to find people who would be a good fit for their, their orders or their groups. Uh, I think a lot of conspiracy content, websites, blogs, podcasts is geared in that direction. Um, I think you're right. So about that. I don't know. I, tr- I try not to get sucked into, to people's uh, agendas. I don't want to get exploited by groups too much. Cause I've totally been burned right. before. You totally know? right. Yeah. I think a but, lot of it yeah. is all still, uh, you know, any like these major secret societies, or, you know, fucking really. I mean, and even big, you know, selling authors and shit. They really, they still kind of put it on as fucking spin that you can totally misinterpret a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, uh, unfortunately, you know, maybe uh, only one or two out of ten people might ever, you know, have. I have a clue of what you know of what they're really reading, and then the, what the other fucking ninety or eighty percent just unfortunately probably gets pulled away farther from the truth if they stay with it. So like that's like what you're yeah. saying with occultism. Unfortunately, uh, that probably honestly is going to pull you f- most people farther from the truth. And that and I do think that's why it's getting yeah. more widespread now because. Uh, now it's accepted to study this stuff or, you know, to be talking with your pe- your boys and your people because religion isn't as important anymore. You know, maybe, so maybe that's mm-hmm. even all by design. You know, uh, so now we'll accept this and, uh, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it if you understand, if you were to be taught it correctly and it wasn't a cult anymore and it was just known knowledge, I have no problem with mm-hmm. that. But I think when you're trying to hide it, it's because you want to manipulate and use people. And I, that's you know, and that's exactly what now they're using a cult cult bullshit knowledge to really mind fuck people. Yeah. Is uh, did you come to a place where you bought into the whole like uh, what's the the cycles of history? How we're like we're we exited the Piscean age and we're entering into the Aquarian age. That whole uh, zodiacal uh, movement of history is, is that something that you buy into? Yes and no. I, I think that, uh, and I, I think Lux is going to cover this a lot in the last Scarlet Horror series. You know, we're going to go kind of get into, I'll be touching a little bit on Electric, actually, and he'll be going into, like, M-theory and shit with the Tree of Life. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck, what was, ask the question again. I'll just make sure. So, like, you know how they say we're, we're moving into the age of Aquarius? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of those, a lot of the symbols and those, see, that's, that's a thing, too. You know, you have a lot of people that, uh, you know, I was talking about before how I think, like, they purposely peddle bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff with the Zodiacs that, like, a lot of fantasy stories behind these mm-hmm. things that get very popular. That if you were to mm-hmm. just kind of look at it at a different way and look at their symbols and their sigils or however they're depicted in magic... And just look at them for just how they are and not supposed to be what I think it says. You'll start seeing probably a lot of connections. And then you'll be like, well, all right, now maybe I can understand this story. But that's kind of like a fucking like silly way to tell it. And you'll see a much different, deeper deeper truth. And uh, we're going to cover a part on astrology 
I think a lot of the stuff uh, for the symbolism is really showing something completely different. I think neither like cycles of, um, believe it or not, I think a lot of the astrology signs of some of them are telling you like we're kind of like existing in a black hole that's just constantly like a constant cycle of just like hmm. eating itself, coming back out, exploding, coming back in, something like that. Uh, like Aries. Yeah. Aries. Okay. Aries so. is Aries is like the first symbol, you know, the first uh, the first sign, right? Starts with Aries. Uh-huh. Now, if that was the beginning, the explosion. Now, Aries is just like a raw energy. That's it. It's not, you know, it's there's uh, like three different stages, like the the beginning, the middle, and the end. There's like three fire signs. You know, Leo is more of a balanced and kind mm-hmm. of like focused. Aries is just more of the explosion, the beginning. That would be like. The beginning of the coming out of the fucking the black hole, coming out the explosion, then it starts to go down, then it gets sucked in, which is where I think we are, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and we're going to go back into the middle of it and then come back in a whole new aeon. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if we'll be alive for so that you- to happen, but I, I do think a lot of uh, zodiac signs are actually and like you know go, going into Horus, you know, there's a Taurus. For, you know, explaining black holes and then saying, AOTO says we're going to the Aeon of Horus. You know, if you look at black holes, you can see an H in there as well besides a T. It's just, you know, the way that sometimes it is depicted and drawn, you can almost see, like, play off of letters and words and and, and parts of an actual. Mm -hmm. It sounds crazy, but I I do think a lot of that. And I do think uh, Aquarius. No, no. Aquarius, you're going along with Saturn, I think, is, is a way of kind of touching on electricity as well you know because mm-hmm. saturn i think is the, I guess, cro- the I, saturn I is the crossing to... of the streams right uh th- this would be the scarlet horse job go across the streams yeah exactly exactly no, ghostbusters yeah. yeah well look at the end of it look at the end of ghostbusters <laughs> yeah. you got the fool who turned into this beast running around looking for this fucking chick that's sexualized uh-huh. and they're up on top of the fucking uh-huh. building i mean it's the scarlet horn the beast and there's magic going on well, so I hate Dan Aykroyd is very well versed in yeah. this stuff for sure. So <laughs> that was put in there intentionally. I'm I'm certain. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I've um, even seen I've seen the animal Zul. Uh, sometimes I've seen it X U L. I've seen some people spell it that way when that when it when you if you look into the movie, that backwards would be Lux also, which was light or Lux. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, fuck. Yeah, so she she is part of like what crosses the streams was and maybe puts us into form. So if you can think of Saturn, Aquarius is being ruled by Saturn. All right, it's under its rule. Mm-hmm. Now the Scarlet Horse, she has a cup, and it's filled with water. She keeps us in form. She keeps she's like the whole. She puts this whole system into form. That's how it seems like real to us. That's how it's reality. She's the thing that births the matrix, if you want to believe that. She's the one projecting this fucking reality and makes it into, you know, reality for us. Um, You need to break out of that. Uh, When you do break out of that, then you go into the male aspect of Saturn, which would be Aquarius. And what is he? He's a wooden bucket with the water coming out of it. It is now free-flowing. When you hold water in a cup, it is stuck there in form. You drop it. What's going to happen? It's going to spread out and do whatever the fuck it wants as far as, you know, as far as it can go. You know what I'm saying? It's not in form anymore. You know, that is the male aspect breaking out of 
that sphere of being on the tree of life. That sounds like this the Gnostic story of, of creation with Sophia and uh, Yeldabaoth, or, I mean, the Scarlet Whore and Saturn, because people will often equate the uh, the God of the Old Testament with Saturn. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, you're, what you're telling me, how uh, the Scarlet Whore is the the vessel of the creation of this realm, that's what the Gnostics believe about Sophia and, and Saturn. That's the relationship they have. Yeah. Sounds very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see, that's the whole thing, too, is that, like, I think, you know, a lot of people understand, well, not understand, but they've heard of plenty of, like, the male aspect of Saturn. You know, everybody always thinks of that picture of the dude eating his own kid or, you know, the Grim Mm -hmm. Reaper. They always think of, like, you know, a a male version of Saturn or Saturn gods. Um, But there is a very huge aspect with the feminine energy over in that area. And nobody really seems to talk about that too much or touch on it or it's just not. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think uh, there's a reason for that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it is huge. I actually, I actually wrote my master's thesis on the the feminine energy in the early church and the the late, like right before the Christianity started. Uh, Yahweh actually had a uh, forget her name, Asherah, but before the uh, the second temple, there was a basically God's wife, more or less, and that carried on, and that tradition carried on in the in Hebrew worship, and then carried into the early church. And it kind of flowed into what became the veneration of the Virgin Mary in the Catholic Church, which carries on today. Yeah, I That's even, that fem- I even brought that up. energy you're talking about, you know. I brought that up in the Scarlet Horse sure. series. That I said I hate to say it, but, you know, Mary is uh, the Catholic's version of the Scarlet Whore. I mean, now, there's, yeah, different, I mean, there's different aspects of her, though, as well. There's not just one. There's different aspects of the Scarlet Whore. I, I, me and Lux think anywhere from three to six. But at least three, you know, you have like different ages, different types of personalities. I think Mary was probably mm-hmm. more of like a balanced or maybe a little bit more to a, a pure, a, a pure mm-hmm. uh, idea of the feminine energy. So it's not a bad thing, me calling her, her the Scarlet Whore. She's just, that's, she's just yeah, one of those, no, no. that's the I role mean, she's Catholics, playing. Yeah, yeah. Any Catholics that might be listening to this, that you know, I don't think it, it's meant to be offensive. It's just, uh, and also there could be a difference if there was an actual historical person that was Mary, and, and then you also had the, this feminine worship energy that came from ancient Israel, and they just happened to to cross the streams at some point in history. Uh, you know, these are just speculative ideas. You know, it's not necessarily anything about the person, uh, Mary, who birthed the person Christ, you know, if that's your belief system. It's uh, talking about a larger idea of the Scarlet Whore and the Virgin Mary. Yeah, yeah. there's even stuff with Jesus that almost would go along with the whole idea of Saturn up there, too, because, you know, when you, when you cross at the streams, you know, coming down, you come into the flesh, but when you want to go up, mm-hmm. you got to cross the streams to go back to spirit. So mm-hmm. you're kind of dying at the cross physically when you're going mm-hmm. up. and uh, Yeah, don't they say the cross is actually a, an unfolded cube, right? Yeah, and then the whole uh, thing is they call him, you know, what, the king of kings, right? Well, yeah. if you are, if you, you know, the male energy neither sits balanced with the queen or takes over completely, mm-hmm. you will still be a king when it comes to occultism. Mm-hmm. You've gone from the prince, you've gone through the, the Scarlet Whore, the queen, and now you've become king. So, I mean, even calling, you know, there's a lot of, I hate to mm-hmm. say, there's a lot of stuff in that that almost kind of goes along with the Scarlet Whore itself, the story, and that whole shit yeah, with Saturn. Yeah, these, that these whole symbols are, in, 
you know, they're in Christianity too. I mean, there's no doubt about it. People, people like to think that Christianity is like this separate thing from all these other uh, traditions and their symbols, but it's definitely not. I mean, Christianity yeah. is very syncretic. There's even, uh, you know, it's really good to, to watch, and I think it's very interesting. It would be very interesting for people to see because I, I do think this guy proves a good point. Sometimes if you look at just art from different time periods or different parts of the world, you can see religions and gods depicted differently at times, kind of almost mm -hmm. a little bit different than the other ones or maybe being a little bit more telling. And I think it was called, uh, it was like the Timeline series or something. It was on, um, it's on YouTube. You can find it. And I think it's like the Art of the Dark Ages or something like that. And they do cover uh, Catholicism or Christianity. And they were, uh, they had their own symbols and things of ways to talk to each other in a cult fashion just because of being persecuted. You know, they were persecuted mm -hmm. at times too. So like they, the guy was even showing like part of, which I think isn't, isn't a full, Again, I think this is almost showing the crossing of the streams, the fish symbol. But, like, they're mm -hmm. showing in the show how, like, if two Christians wanted to meet each other, if they happen to have a stick, one would draw one part of the fish, that line, and then the other one would fucking connect it. And then you'd both know, like, okay, we're both mm -hmm. Christians. We can talk. Supposedly. You know, that was the story he's telling us. But, like, they had their own right. symbols and stuff that they would put on their houses so people knew that that's what they were into. You know, it was very occult itself. At some point, just yeah, just just, just, just for them to be able part. to fucking, you know, live. But, you know, he he even points out that if you start to look at some of the history around the world, just of how Jesus is depicted, you get totally different ideas, just depending on what's also around in that area as a belief. Mm -hmm. You know, like he uh, when, when ISIS got yeah, big, yeah. all of a sudden Mary got involved. You know, oh, we need a we need a, a female figure as well right. to combat ISIS. When Zeus was big, all of a sudden Jesus popped out a beard, because he originally, if you look at some of mm -hmm. his older older art, he looked much more like Apollo. You know, if you look at some of the mm -hmm. the Visigoths yeah. or the or the Goths, uh, their artwork, I mean, that mofo looks androgynous. He was almost like he's got hips on him. You know, you have totally like different. Yeah, you have totally different. You know, there was one where they were showing art when he's got a fucking wand in his hand, touching the thing that he turns from like water to wine, touching the dude that he brings back to life. I mean, he's got a fucking wand in his yeah. hand. You know, yeah, there's so, yeah. so many I mean, different I, depictions just depending on what time and where you are. I guess that is neither the you know it, it could just be on like what's accepted belief in that part of the world. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, it, uh, Rome, especially Roman Catholicism, for sure, is very syncretic. I mean, it, it's the way of the Roman Empire, really, to, to go into a culture and to absorb its cultures and its ways and integrate it into its own and essentially baptize it and make it Christian. I mean, you get accused of that every holiday season, right? Christmas was pagan. Easter was pagan. Well, Maybe it was, but I mean, we absorbed it and we yeah. celebrate it now as a yeah. Christian holiday. That's that's how Christianity operates. That's why it's the biggest religion in the world because it does that. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you know what I think is funny too in that that show that I was just talking about. I just remembered if if anybody's happened to actually like, all right, I'm going to go check this out. I do think it's worth watching. Um, I think it's funny how that guy who's like kind of hosting the show he has like a silver, if I remember correctly, like a skull and crossbone ring on his hand mm -hmm. there's a point where i think like he's walking down the stairs and like they just focus on that ring in his hand for a few seconds i'm like come mm. on i'm like why would you do that just random <laughs> oh let's just focus on that ring no that's a symbol yeah, telling yeah. telling telling people something who he is 
a message to those in the know. Yes. Right? And I was like, oh, come on, really? I'm like, even this fucking dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's everywhere, man. That's everywhere. But I guess what I was getting at earlier is um, I wonder if we're entering into an age of a great spiritual awakening, like a mass spiritual awakening. Yeah. And no, I do think that's going to happen, yes. Yeah, and they're trying to head it off at the past. That's why they're they're trying to sheepdog people, especially people who are more spiritually sensitive, spiritually aware. They're trying to sheepdog those people into more like ego-centered, dark occultism yes. to sort of uh, dampen that awakening that's coming. And that's I, I why that's that. why all the shit is in the media constantly. See, that's that's what I'm getting at. Like, I think if humanity was somewhere else, if we really have this great awakening, like I was saying before. I don't think it would probably would have fucked people up so much, you know, mm -hmm. or not as many. But I think the way that humanity's gotten now, very egocentric, you know, like you said, very materialistic. I mean, everything is about fucking how I look, how I act, you know, all this fucking crazy shit. Um, that, I think, is what's going to make, uh, when you're in that type of mindset, if you actually have some kind of great awakening or truths are actually revealed to you, I think that it's going to fuck you up mentally really bad because of where you already are mentally. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I think nice like, like what you're saying, like I do think we might actually like, we have a great awakening coming. Yes. That could be positive. It's just, I think what they're doing is trying to put us in the mindset that it will actually snap us. They'll, it'll be too frightening mm -hmm. or too and like, we people, can't understand it. You know, it'll be like, holy fuck, no, I can't believe this. This is too much. Yeah. And for, for some people, it really will snap them, I think. I mean, the whole idea, like you have an idea about uh, confronting the truth and, and the reality of God's light. If you were to stand before the throne of like the true source God, the creator of the universe, if you were still in a state of like, just for lack of a better word, if you're still living in your sin and you hadn't sorted yourself out or done your shadow work or whatever, however you want to put it, then that light would be extremely torturous to you. It would be like hell. But if you had done the work and prepared yourself to be before the holy light, then it's like heaven, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a similar idea. Yeah, it's very much like... Uh... You know, me and Lux had talked about it too because I think just like looking into so many different types of movies for occult symbolism for the Scarlet Whore, we're even like, yo, that whole shit with the never-ending story is like real fucking sketch. You know what I'm saying? But look, <laughs> the, the kid, because he's pure of heart, yeah. he gets to go through. And the only time those eyes start uh -huh. to open up is because he starts getting scared. Uh huh. You know, but yeah. I mean, I even yeah. think that's like kind of showing you what's needed in order to cross over. You really need to be pure of heart or you're going to get fucking shot. Yeah. It's going to hurt. And how hard, how hard is it to actually remain pure of heart living in this world? I mean, it's that's almost one impossible. Of the things you can do, yeah, it's insane. You gotta you. That's why these people went out, and lived in the woods, and became hermits and just prayed yeah. for their entire life because they saw the the need to be pure of heart. And the, the only way I could do it is stay away from these this beer and these titties and go. I gotta live in the woods. Yo, I swear to you. Sometimes I think part of the hermit card is explaining a little bit of that. Yeah. The tarot card. Yeah, it's it's more it. of like trying to like that's like a removal of like of all the bullshit system around you. You mm -hmm. know, which is something that you're going to to need to do to an extent. You know. I think. Yeah. That's why I'm the woods. And I think we'll wrap it up there. We actually uh we went over an hour. That was good. I had fun, man. Yeah. Good conversation. I yeah, yeah. We we'll definitely have you, have you yeah. back on for sure. 
I like I like to talk Anytime. about like you know theology. I find this stuff very interesting. So yeah, just well, kicking hey, around ideas wanna, and shit. Uh, that was fun. If y'all want to go check out my show, uh, just head on over to my Twitter. It's at the real Sam Bolton, uh, Sam Bolton Show on Twitter. And I got my link tree right there. You can find everything. I got a pod page in the link tree where you can find my podcasts. I'm also on Spotify, the Sam Bolton Show. So come check me out. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. So if you, yeah, if you like this episode, please uh, like it, uh, share it, uh, post it somewhere else. Go check out his show. Uh, I'll have links for his show in the show notes. I will also have it for the Occult Rejects, in case you didn't know. I also do have another show with a co-host. The uh, links for that and our Discord will also be in the show notes. And uh, that is the end of another NY Patriot episode. And uh, I thank you very much for coming on, man. I had a really good time. And we will definitely be doing it again. And uh, that's it. And until the next one, everybody be well. Later.